Welcome to the Independent Advisors Podcast, where we dive into the world of stocks, tradable markets, and financial planning with Jessup Wealth Management's Chief Investment Officer, Mark McEvely, and CEO, Matt Jessup. You'll hear tips, tricks, and strategies to address your financial well-being, and most importantly, conveyed in a way that everyone can understand. Here are your hosts, Mark and Matt. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 175 of the Independent Advisors Podcast, where Matt Jessup and I, Mark McEvely, bring you everything you need to know from the past week in the world of financial markets and financial planning. So uh, good evening, Matt. Good evening, Mark. It's nice to have you back on the podcast, my friend. Yeah, I know. I've been gone for too long. It's been about a month, but uh, I had a lot of client meetings the past month and, you know, always got to take care of our clients first. Uh so that was fun. I got to see and interact with a lot of clients, so it was good. But I'm happy, happy to be back in the in the captain's chair with you. You know, Aaron and uh, and Nick did an excellent job in your absence. Taylor did a good job on a lot of the financial planning topics of the week as well. But it's nice to have the OG, the CIO. He's back <laughs> in the seat and ready to deliver content. I am. I am. That's for sure. Um, and just as a brief update, uh, we are traveling for work right now. Um, so we are doing this out of our hotel rooms, but Matt and I are at a conference um, just to uh, learn about some new things going on in our industry, take back some things to bring back and implement at our firm in Dayton, as always, to increase that client experience and continue to learn about different ways on, on how we can serve our clients. So it's been a great conference so far. Exactly. Uh, as always, before we begin, just want to take the first few minutes to recap the performance for the month and the year of the major indexes that we track. And these numbers are as of the market close on November 8th. And this data is from YCharts. S&P 500 index down 1.1% for the month and down 20% for the year. Dow Jones Industrial Average down, or excuse me, up 1.3% for the month, down 8.7% for the year. The NASDAQ Composite Index down 3.4% for the month and down 32.1% for the year. The Russell 2000 Small Cap Index down 2.1% for the month and down 19.3% for the year. Uh, the Vanguard All World X United States ETF up 4.6% for the month and down 21.7% for the year. Three-month Treasury rate at 4.29%, the two-year Treasury rate at 4.61%, the 10-year treasury rate sitting at 4.12%. Uh, so Matt, I'll hand it over to you to uh, discuss some uh, big headlines, current events from the past week. Thank you, Mark. So in economic data last week, the Federal Reserve hiked interest rates by the much anticipated 75 basis points, that's 0.75%. Fed Chair Powell then offered up hawkish comments that rattled the market. Uh, in those comments, he detailed, Mark, that the Fed remains committed to bringing inflation back to 2%, and ongoing rate increases will be appropriate, and that restoring price stability will likely require a restrictive stance for some time. Now, the October jobs report showed non-farm payrolls were up 261,000 last month, which was higher than expected. But not as all as it seems, Mark, because when you look at the underlying numbers, the labor participation rate dropped slightly. And when you really even out those numbers, we actually lost 328,000 jobs or people because a lot of people around the workforce. Retirement is a good example. So um, what I would say to this, the Federal Reserve hiking interest rates so far, it, 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 that, that medicine is acting the way it should for the patient so far. Right. I'll throw that out there, right? So um, 
what is the market focused on right now, Mark? Market's focused on inflation data. They want to know when the Fed's going to start slowing its pace and ultimately stop. What's one of the key indicators? CPI, the Consumer Price Index. That is due out tomorrow on November 10th. The headline number was up 8.2% year over year in September, Mark. Argus Research sees this coming down to 8% plus year over year this time around. Core CPI taking out the volatile food and energy prices. That was up 6.6% last month. Argus thinks it's going to trend down to 6.4. Things are going in the right direction with that inflation data, but you're going to need to see that pick up in order for the Fed to be motivated to slow these hikes and ultimately stop. And I have a piece on that that I'll discuss in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And I think the only other thing, you know, obviously from yesterday with the midterm elections, um, race is pretty close. It looks like the Republicans are going to take back the House. Uh, Senate uh, could go either direction right now. I think we're still waiting on um, data from Nevada, Arizona, and then it looks like there's going to be a, a runoff election on December 6th in Georgia uh, for control of the Senate. So um, more gridlock today. Market was down today on maybe the uncertainty of that. Um, who really knows? But um, again, if there's more gridlock, I think the, the, the market is going to rally. So Um, Moving on to tweets, articles, and research from this week. The first thing I had was a tweet from Ryan Dietrich on October 23rd, and we'll have Jenna uh, throw this up, uh, obviously, in the show notes and then uh, on the YouTube video. He said, the New York Post 401k KO cover reminds me of when time said to retire the 401k in 2009. No single, uh, no single signal is perfect, but when you see things like this in non-financial magazines, it's a clear sign of the overall sentiment and likely contrarian bullish. Uh, so Matt, I'm sure you can see it here. It says 401KO, exclamation point. Average retirement mm-hmm. account down 25% under Bidenomics. So, and it's side by side to what Time had put out in 09 saying why it's time to retire the 401k with the words 401k slowly sinking into the abyss. That's a um, completely irresponsible uh, front page, by the way. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we talked about the magazine indicator before, but we're starting to see more and more of this stuff out there. And it's like, you know, when I see this stuff, it makes me think that, you know, it might be time to go the other way. Again, we talked about seasonality. So this is coming out right at the time that I would expect it to. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what the performance is between now and the end of the year. And then, you know, something I'm going to be looking for is, you know, how we start off next year, because next year, at least the first half of next year, from a seasonal standpoint, uh, tends to be pretty strong. So I uh, just wanted to put that out there. thought people would get a, a pretty good chuckle out of that. The 401 KO. 401 KO. Uh, the next piece I had was a blog post from Michael Batnick titled Stocks Bottom First. So this is something else that we talk about a lot on here. Michael says, today we learned that home prices had their largest drop since 09. This is just a small preview of what I believe we'll see in the coming months as the market adjusts to 7% mortgages. In fact, a lot of the economic data will likely worsen. I don't want to sound alarmist, but brace yourselves for some lousy headlines as interest rate increases work their way through the economy. He quoted an analyst saying, I read around 1,500 pages of research each week, and the most consistent message now is a litany of gloom on earnings, valuations, wage and price inflation, 
central bank policy normalization, housing, trade, energy, the surge in the U.S. dollar, China COVID policy, etc. When you see a lot of, or when you see things like a litany of gloom, you can be sure that the market is aware of the situation we're in and has adjusted risk assets accordingly. Nobody knows where we're going next, but the stock market has already priced in some carnage, removing 25% from the S&P 500 and 35% from the NASDAQ 100. Overweighting today's news for better and for worse gets investors in trouble because today is already priced in. Stan Drunkenmiller recently relayed this message to an audience saying, do not invest in the present. The present is not what moves stock prices. Michael Sembelest has a great visual representation of what Druckenmiller is talking about. Stock market is forward looking and has an uncanny ability to bottom while the data continues to sour. It stops going down while GDP, employment, and earnings deteriorate. In general, I'll throw these notes uh, in our show notes and up on the YouTube page as well, Matt, but this just really uh, is pretty powerful image to show that you know, during a lot of these recessionary periods, you see the S&P 500, that dotted line in blue, starts to recover before earnings, payroll, and GDP uh, get any better. Um, you know, and it's time and time again that this stuff continues to happen. So I think that this, uh, this visual for people uh, is really going to show what we've been talking about for quite some, some time. I'm glad you pointed this out, Mark. But my biggest thing is, challenging people to think about how much of this uncertainty is priced in and to a certain extent overly priced in. And what's going to happen once more certainty comes back to the market? I mean, there's a lot of stocks out there that are priced for earnings to really degrade. And I think you really got to be asking questions if that's really going to be the case. Yeah. So uh, yeah. the last thing I'll say with this is, this is not a market you can time. And you got to be invested for your risk tolerance and be patient because once it does turn, whether that's a week from now or six months from now, you get what I'm saying. It's going to be quick and fierce. And that's my words of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. And he just wraps up by saying, this is how you'll see headlines like Dow Jones gains 900 points while unemployment hits a 24 month high. The market has better long term vision than we do, which is one of the trickiest parts of a bear market. Everything in your gut will tell you to sell. It will tell you that things are going to get worse, and it's probably right. Things will get worse, but the market will have already looked past it. Yeah, this is, um, not, 2000, this is not 2008. You know, the monetary system was completely broken. And, you know, there's a lot of stocks that are down worse than they were in that calendar year. I just I just think that that, that has to be really challenged, and people got to think long-term about this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Last piece I had uh, was kind of a in my opinion, kind of a funny tweet. It was a tweet from uh, Wall Street's Bet's chairman on October 14th. So he said in March of 2021, the first tweet ever by then uh, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey uh, was sold as an NFT for $2.9 million. The most recent bid is $97. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty big haircut, Matt. It's a 99.996% loss, uh, and pretty much in one year, um, you know, looking back at history, everything always seems so obvious that, you know, we could have anticipated that this was going to happen. Um, but yeah, so, and again, for people that that don't know the acronym, NFT stands for non-fungible token that was really hot. And popular uh, when crypto was was raging and meme stocks were raging, 
um, just another way that people can get involved in kind of the craziness that we've seen the past couple of years. But uh, interesting. You forgot, that, uh, you forgot the uh, metaverse real estate. That's the other one, right? And uh, yeah, the meta, metaverse real estate. <laughs> I wonder how that's doing. We got to find some numbers on that and see uh, mm -hmm. if real estate prices are, are crashing like they are in the physical world, uh, in the, in the, the virtual world too. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can dig that up for us. It'll be fun next week. Perfect. All right. Here's what I got this week. So first thing is a tweet by Game of Trades on November 6th. It's a research firm caught my eye. Here's why. Jenna's going to put up the chart uh, for our YouTube viewers and for our traditional podcast listeners. This is one I would definitely go to our show notes, go to our social media on your favorite site, pull up our chart. Here's why. It shows the premium mark that people are paying right now on puts. Will you take 30 seconds and explain what is a put option or it's a derivative? Will you explain what that means, please? Yeah, so a put option, um, it's an options contract uh, that gives you the right to, uh, to sell a specific security or an index uh, or an underlying to somebody else at a certain price, right? So when there's people buying a lot of put options, they're scared that the market's going to go down because they want to sell it to you at a price higher than when the market, what the market is trading at. So they think that the market is going down. So this is a bet that the market is going to go down. So uh, bearish. And so what happens is, as we get data marked on the premium people are paying for that protection or for that bet that the market's going to go low. And when volatility is high, like it has been or higher than average and markets have been falling, it's more expensive to buy those puts because they're in higher demand. Right. That's it's right. just like, Both just like something at the, yeah, it's like something you're, you know, you're buying at the grocery store. If everybody wants to buy it, they have limited supply. So what are they going to do? They're going to jack the price up. It's the same thing with options contracts. Exactly. So this chart that Jenna's putting up gives us data back to roughly the early 2000s. And do you want to guess the premiums that people are paying for this put option protection is off the chart? It makes 2008 look like a cakewalk, okay? This, to me, is a very telling indicator. When people are paying these premiums for protection, it makes me think that we are at excessive levels of pessimism. And it just, this is not sustainable. And what's going to happen, in my opinion, is as the market volatility subsides with clarity on the Fed, which I think we're going to have more clarity in the next three to six months, volatility is going to come in. These put premiums, everyone's expecting more downside. And when everyone's expecting something, Mark, what tends to happen? The opposite. Tends to. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm yelling a contrarian, and I think that this is a very telling chart, and I think it has to be seriously considered. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the next, next thing I got is from Zero Hedge blog post on November 3rd. Why is this blog post newsworthy? One of the biggest components of CPI, remember we have the data coming out tomorrow on November 10th, one of the biggest components um, is going to be rent, rent inflation, okay? Now, this data lags. So, Jenna will put this chart up for our YouTube viewers, for our traditional podcast listeners. I would highly encourage you to look at it. Now, why is that? You're seeing rent 
inflation year over year really come in. But the way that it's calculated in CPI, they have smoothing mechanisms, it delays. And what I really think is going to happen is over the next three to six months, you're going to see a lot of this input data in the CPI really start to come in. And I think that it's going to surprise people when you see these year-over-year inflation numbers. I'm not suggesting they're going to go sub two. I'm in this camp that'll be between three and four percent, but it's not going to be the seven, eight percent that we've been accustomed to in the last roughly what eight to twelve months. I think uh-huh. you're really going to start to see the data start to calm down, and I think that could provide a little more stability to the market. This is the type of real factual data that I think is going to start to show up, and people are going to see it. You heard it first on the Independent Advisors podcast. Yeah, no, it's a good point. It's it's a it's a very very large component of of CPI. So you know when that's this data starts to to catch up and and roll over, I think it's going to have. You know, have a have a massive impact on CPI because we've already seen commodities roll over. We talked about that before, um, mm-hmm. but this, like you know, like everything else, it takes its way to work through the system. That's right. Last piece I got this week is a uh, Bank of America research note on equity sentiment or stock sentiment. Okay. Now, what I want to do is I want to explain kind of the difference between what we call the buy side and the sell side of Wall Street. Okay. So the buy side refers to firms that purchase securities and includes investment managers, pension funds, and hedge funds. So our firm, for example, would traditionally be considered a buy side firm, okay? The sell side refer to those firms that issue, sell, or trade securities. Think investment banks, okay? So the reason I'm showing this chart that now Jenna's gonna put up for our YouTube viewers that's in our show notes, is it shows Sell side sentiment. Okay. This is the quote from Bank of America Research. Quote, maybe it still needs to go lower, but B of A notes, quote, whenever the indicator was at a current level or lower, the subsequent 12 month returns for the US equity index were positive 94% of the time with median gains of 22%. And the data goes back to 1985. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes hand in hand. It's a nice little wrap up icing on the cake, so to speak, uh, of, of what we've been saying about all the fear out there and all the bearishness out there. And I'm not saying that it can't get worse. Everything can always get worse. But there is a lot of people out there that think the world's going to end. Um, yeah, and, and I'm going to give you kind of my unfiltered kind of thoughts on kind of where we're at with kind of the length of this kind of overall bear market and correction. And again, my opinion, um, past performance is not indicative of future results. I have to get the compliance side out when I say these types of things. But I'm just in this camp, if you use the uh, marathon analogy of 26.2 miles, it just feels like we're in the latter innings of this. Everyone's sick of the market. Everyone's sick of the, the water torture of consistent. It just goes down and down, and I get that. But remember, this market has priced in uncertainty. And my feeling is, you know, we're, my, we're somewhere between mile marker 21 and 23, in my opinion. The last couple of miles are going to suck because everyone's tired. But I think the underlying data and what this market has priced in is overly priced in pessimism. My two cents, and we'll see how this unfolds the next several months, but I think as inflation data starts to come in, the market's going to start realizing the Fed's not going to be as aggressive. They'll have some more clarity. You're going to have gridlock in Congress. And uh, hopefully that brings more stability and lower volatility in the market. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, again, 
we've been saying it all year, everything is, is about inflation right now. Um, and I think if you consistently see that number start to come down, yes, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be sub two. Um, but if we make progress towards that over the next year or two years and, and return to the long-term average over the next two to three years, I think that is going to be very positive. So um, going to be interesting, uh, but I think things, like we said, are getting better. I do believe also that we are at the tail end of this thing. Um, and again, for long-term investors, these are the unfortunate byproducts that we have to deal with from time to time. Um, but what I do know, and the optimist in me knows, is that the market has recovered every single time when we've had periods like this. And I don't see how this time is going to be any different. It might, like you said, take a couple couple months, might take a couple years, um, but have no doubt in my mind that things are going to get back on track and, and brighter days are ahead. Absolutely agree. Remember, this market's forward-looking. You know, use the drunken Miller quote, market doesn't trade in the present. Yep. Well, I, I think we're going to leave it there, Matt. Have some other commitments to get to here uh, before we come back home to Dayton, Ohio. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode number 175 of the Independent Advisors podcast. And we will see you next week for episode number 176. See you next week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Independent Advisors podcast. If you're interested in hearing more, hit the subscribe button so you can be notified every time a new episode gets released. Feel free to share with friends, family, and follow us on Twitter at Jessup Wealth, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Mark and Matt will continue to share beneficial information on these social media sites. Also, check out the podcast tab on their website. That's www.jessupwealthmanagement.com. There you'll find links to every episode of the Independent Advisors. Have questions or topics you want to discuss on the show? Message us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or send an email with the words questions and topics in the subject line to inquiries at jessupwealthmanagement.com. We'll talk about it right here on the podcast. Certain sections of this commentary may contain forward-looking statements based on reasonable expectations, estimates, projections, and assumptions. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of future performance and involve certain risks and uncertainties, which are difficult to predict. All indices are unmanaged and are not available for direct investment by the public. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This podcast is provided for general informational purposes only and does not constitute either tax, legal, or financial advice. Although we do go to great lengths to make sure our information is accurate and useful, we recommend you consult a tax preparer, professional tax advisor, financial advisor, or lawyer regarding your specific circumstances. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No strategy can guarantee any objective or goal will be achieved. Advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, a registered investment advisor.